Welcome to week 15 of the Process Fantasy Football Podcast, the fantasy football playoff semifinals leading into the championship week next week. My name is Aaron Larson. I am the host of the show here. Find me on Twitter at AA Larson. Uh, and let me just give you a quick reminder, or if you're just checking it out for the first time, what the show is about. Um, every week, I break down the slate of NFL games and make suggestions about players that you should either attack or avoid in fantasy football. For making your starter sit calls, uh, if you're streaming positions, if you're playing the waiver wire uh, earlier in the year, making trade offers, or any time of year if you're setting DFS lineups, all this information that I uh, go over should be helpful for that. So um, every week before I get into the week, I like to look back at the week before, see how it went. So with that in mind, let's take a look back at the first round of the fantasy playoffs week 14. So how did we do? Looking back on week 14, a couple big hits, a couple bad misses, a lot of in-between, but more good than bad overall. Starting with the quarterback, I said to attack Ryan Fitzpatrick. He finished as quarterback 19 without a touchdown. They just couldn't find the end zone. A lot of field goals, but that doesn't get your quarterback any points. And it hurt that Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, lost Devontae Parker in the passing game with the concussion. So that hurt. But quarterback 19, not what you wanted, but not terrible. I said you could stay in the Kyle Allen Flames. Um, and he still finished as quarterback 14, just outside of that tier one range. Um, so not huge, not great. Might have gotten through with him. Hopefully you didn't lose because of him. And then I said to add Gardner Minshew, but don't start him yet. Because I really liked him in his upcoming matchups. That gets uh, a little water dumped on that with DJ Shark going down. So the avoids at quarterback. I said to avoid Mitch Trubisky. And that was probably the miss of the week. Because he was quarterback three on the week. A uh, huge game on Thursday night. So, But the one that was the best call, or a very good call, um, was sitting Josh Allen. I said to avoid Josh Allen. He finished as quarterback 27 at home against Baltimore. So that was a good avoid call. Running backs, I said to attack Devonta Freeman. He finished as running back 11. So you'll take that, a top-tier top running back performance against the Panthers. Um, I went down the narrative of how Sony Michelle could run all over the, the Chiefs, and that did not come to fruition running back 71, so that was a big miss. And then I said that I thought Alexander Madison would be trustworthy to do something and have uh, some high reward. Big reward didn't come through, but he finished as a running back 40, so uh, usable. He still got a decent amount of carries and some yardage. Couldn't find the end zone, though. And, um, yeah, the running backs I said to avoid were all of those kind of questionable committees that had tough matchups. So I said to avoid the Colts running back. Uh, the best of the bunch there was Marlon Mack at running back 26. Said to avoid the Buccaneers running backs. Uh, the best of them was Ronald Jones at running back 34, so that's not great. Um, the 49ers, I said to avoid all of them. And Raheem Mostert actually came through huge. Uh, ran a touchdown, caught a touchdown, I think, and threw a touchdown. So he was a running back four on the week. Um, talk about him a little bit more later. And then I said to avoid the Chiefs and... The best of the Chiefs was Darwin Thompson with running back 44. So all of them, except for Mostert, were good calls there. The wide receivers, I said to attack. Uh, Mike Williams, I talked a lot about his being due for a, a touchdown, and he did have a fantastic touchdown catch. Not much else, but he finished as wide receiver 23, so you'll take a top 24 receiver in round one of the playoffs. Hopefully be happy with that. Uh, one of the better calls of the week, again, was Zach Pascal against uh, Tampa Bay. And 
he came through as the wide receiver 11. Took a while for him to get there, but he got in the end zone and the two-point conversion. So we'll take that. And then I mentioned maybe taking a shot on Alan Lazard, and that did not come through. He had a couple catches, but nothing noteworthy. Finished way down in the uh, wide receiver 80-something range. Uh, the avoids. The avoids were uh, all pretty good calls. I said to avoid John Brown. He was the wide receiver 74. Again, Josh Allen didn't do well, so of course John Brown did not do well. So to avoid Marquise Brown at Buffalo in the same game, that was a good call because he finished with negative points on the week, which is tough to do as a wide receiver. Um, I said to avoid Anthony Miller. He actually was okay, uh, pretty good. Wide receiver 32, so it's not like he was a huge hit, um, but you were okay if you played him. Um, and then I said to avoid John Ross, and that was a good call. Wide receiver 79. I don't think you can trust anybody uh, in Cincinnati right now. Um, well, we'll talk about Mixon later as well. Uh, tight ends, I said you could attack Mike Gesicki against the Jets. Not not what you expect, especially after Gesicki went down. No, I mean Gesicki. After uh, Devontae Parker went down, Gesicki did not really step up. Finished as tight end 53 on the week, which is bad for tight ends. But on the plus side, Ian Thomas, I said you could start if uh, Greg Olson sat. Greg Olson did sit, and Thomas was a tight end 8 on the week. So that was a good call. Um, bad call, maybe one of the other... Uh, possibly the worst call of the week, him or Trubisky, was sitting Jared Cook or avoiding Jared Cook. He caught two touchdowns before he even left his concussion. So that was a miss. Um, but that whole game was pretty wild with that shootout in, in the Dome in New Orleans. Anyways, moving on. Um, okay, the defenses, I said to attack the Eagles against the Giants back at home. That did not turn out very good on Monday night. Even in those bad conditions, they were still the DST 21 because Eli Manning kind of lit them up in the beginning of the game. Uh, and then the Packers, I said, at home against uh, Washington. They finished as DST 12, so you were fine with that. Uh, I said to avoid the 49ers against the Saints, and that was good because, again, that was a shootout. I did not expect that to be a shootout on both sides of the ball, but still, it was a good call to avoid the 49ers. And then I said to avoid New England. I said that last week the Niners and the Patriots, typically two of the best defenses, should be avoided. And New England finished as DST 12. They actually basically tied with the Packers. So you were okay if you started them, but definitely not what you were getting from New England earlier in the season. So that's the recap. Uh, like I said, a uh, lot on both ends, a lot of good hits, a couple big misses, lots of in-between. Let's move on to week 15. Let's take a look at the landscape for week 15, the fantasy football playoff semifinals. So on the Thursday night kickoff game, we've got the Jets at the Ravens. Sunday night, we got the Bills at the Steelers. Monday night, we got the Colts at the Saints. So definitely some playoff implications going on in the nationally televised games. Uh, the biggest over-under, the highest over-under of the week is the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. That's a 50-point over-under, and it's only got a three-point spread. So could be a good shootout there. The lowest is, an, I think, one of the lowest totals I've seen all season. The Sunday night game builds at Steelers 36 and a half points over under. So, um, and then uh, just keep in mind, we are moving into the later part of the season. We're in mid-December here. Keep an eye on the weather, uh, but don't overreact. Um, right now, it actually looks pretty good. The only thing that really pops up that I saw was that it looks like it's going to be very cold in Lambeau Field, which kind of what you expect between uh, the Bears and the Packers in December. So that should be good going to be cold, but I don't think there's going to be too much there. But again, this is Wednesday night. I'm recording this. Keep an eye on the weather. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's get into the recommendations. Attack! Okay, the players that I want to attack this week. 
and the semifinal round of the fantasy football playoffs. Starting at quarterback, if you've been paying attention, you know that Ryan Tannehill has been not only one of the best streaming options, but one of the best just playing quarterback options in fantasy football since he became a starter. He's been averaging over 19 fantasy points a game. He just had a huge week against Oakland last week. He's put up multiple touchdown passes in all but one game this season that he's been starting. He's ran the ball in. Uh, he's been just great. And now he gets to play the Texans. The Texans give up the sixth most fantasy points on average to the quarterback for the season. And they just got roasted by Drew Locke last week, uh, the rookie quarterback for Denver. So definitely keep playing Tannehill if you've got him. He might still be out there. I literally just picked him up on the waiver period last night in the league. And it's a competitive league. So definitely go with Ryan Tannehill, top option there. Um, some other guys, Gardner Minshew plays against Oakland this week. That's an awesome matchup. Last week I said to pick up and stash Gardner Minshew, uh, but not play him because it was against the Chargers, uh, which was a tough matchup, and he didn't do great. He wasn't terrible, but definitely not great in that game. But now against Oakland, uh, Oakland is giving up the second most fantasy points on average to the quarterback this season. They got lit up, like I said, by Ryan Tannehill last week. Uh, and what's nice about Minshew is he actually has a very nice rushing floor. Uh, he's put up solid numbers in a couple weeks. He's got over 28 rushing yards in uh, six of his nine starts this year, which might not seem like much, but if you're getting 30 yards on the ground, you're almost getting an extra passing touchdown right there if you, if you go by four-point scoring. If you go by six-point scoring, that's still half a touchdown. So it's a nice little boost to his floor. Um, I just wish that he hadn't lost DJ Shark. It looks like Shark's probably not playing this week. If DJ was still there, uh, I think that Minshew would be my, my number one attack of the week. But he's not, so he can't be. Um, another guy that's missing a weapon, unfortunately. Well, we don't know yet, I guess. Uh, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, he was one of my favorite guys as well uh, coming into this week. But if Devontae Parker can't play, that's going to really hurt him because Devontae Parker has been a stud this season, finally. Um, but uh, left with a concussion last week. Not sure where he is in the concussion protocol. Fitzpatrick performed okay. Last week, like I said uh, in the opener, he finished as quarterback 19 without throwing a touchdown pass. Um, so hopefully he gets a couple this week. I think he still can play him, but his ceiling is just not as high without Parker. Uh, good matchup against the Giants. The Giants give up the seventh most fantasy points on average to quarterback, so you could still play him. Two other guys I want to mention quickly. Um, two quarterbacks that are at very opposite ends of their career, but could both be possibly played this week if you need to go a little deeper. Um, David Blau, the Rookie undrafted uh, quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Goes up against the Buccaneers. We know how bad their defense is. And David Blau's got nothing to lose. He's going to be playing. He'll be afraid, he won't be afraid to chuck the ball to Kenny Galladay and whoever else is left. Marvin Jones is gone. Uh, Amendola's still there, but Hawkinson's out. But the point is, I think Blau might be, if you're a super desperate two-quarterback league, want to make a tournament uh, lineup in DFS, we know how bad the Buccaneers' defense is. And then, uh, like I said, opposite end of the career spectrum, Tom Brady. He has not been a very good fantasy quarterback lately, but the the Patriots still need to keep winning to try to stay in the hunt for home field advantage. And we've seen Brady and the Patriots run up the score before when they have to win. Uh, and that could be very much the case against the Bengals this week. So let's move on to the running back position. And we've got some running backs I want to attack this week. So, the obvious start of the week is Chris Carson against the Carolina Panthers. It is a perfect combination of volume, opportunity, matchup. Um, the Panthers give up the most fantasy points allowed to running backs. 
They've given up 21 rushing touchdowns this season. Uh, the next highest number is 14. So they are far and away giving up the most touchdowns on the ground. Uh, they've given up the second most yards on the ground, uh, just like 20-some behind Miami. Miami's given up 15.94 and Carolina 15.71. So that's a lot of you. A lot of yards in 13 games. Uh, Carson has been averaging 18.9 yards per carry per game. And that was when Rashad Penny was around. Rashad Penny was getting a little over seven or eight touches per game, or uh, excuse me, seven or eight carries per game, and how he's gone. So it's a just massive upside, big week possibility for Carson. You know that if you got him, I'm sure you're playing him. But uh, some guys that are deeper down. So Chris Thompson of Washington plays Philadelphia this week. Uh, he's missed a lot of the season due to injury, but he has been back for two weeks now. And he looked good last week against Green Bay. He saw seven targets. That was 25.9% target share of uh, Washington's targets last week. Now, Darius Geis is hurt again. Doesn't look serious, but he's done for the season. Uh, Washington is 4.5, yeah, four and a half point home underdogs to the Eagles this week. So they're probably going to be behind. And the Eagles. Um, they're actually decent against the running back, right? They give up the seventh fewest fantasy points on average to running backs, but they do their best work stuffing the run on the ground. They give up the fourth fewest yards on the ground, but the 17th fewest, or also known as the 16th most uh, yards to running backs through the air. And that's where Thompson uh, makes his hay. That's where he does his damage through the air. So I think Chris Thompson is a viable option in any sort of uh, PPR format if you need a back. And then, ha. Uh, I'm going to go there again. Um, so one time this season, I recommended Deion Lewis, Tennessee Titans running back. And that was the only time this entire season that he got a goose egg, put up a zero. Still have kind of a sour taste in my mouth because of it. And I'm not saying you need to go out and absolutely start this. But I think you might be able to start Deion Lewis and monitor the situation because Derrick Henry's hamstring is not good. Uh, watching the game last week after the game was wrapped up, he didn't really go back in. There was a couple of runs where he did not look as explosive near the end as he typically does. And Deion Lewis got a season-high nine carries last week. Um, he's also been targeted in every game, except for that one, this season. Uh, but he's been targeted through the air quite a bit. Houston gives up the sixth most fantasy points allowed to running backs. That's the matchup is with Houston this week. And they've given up the most receptions to running backs, second most receiving yards, and second most receiving touchdowns to running backs. So... Monitor it, but I think if you're really desperate, D.L. Lewis might be a good play, and I'm considering going back to him in DFS again this week. So keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on Derrick Henry, too, especially. Uh, and then I just have to mention it. I'm not going to play him in any season long at all, but I'm going to have a tournament lineup again with Sony Michelle because the narrative can still be there that Sony Michelle falls into the end zone three times against the Bengals. So, okay. Wide receivers. There were so many wide receiver injuries last week. Um, my main article that I write for the fantasy footballers every week is a target report, and I found this stat kind of interesting and sad. Uh, there was four receivers that left the games last week with pretty serious injuries. Between those four, there was 411 targets uh, that were gone. So one of them was Mike Evans, obviously, probably the biggest name receiver to go down. So let's just look at the opportunity there because Buccaneers played Detroit. Detroit has given up the ninth most fantasy points on average to receivers. So you can definitely play them. Um, we know that Chris Godwin's the number one guy now. He might have been the number one guy before, but Darius Slay is probably going to shadow him. It's going to give opportunities to the other guys. 
Uh, also, don't bench Godwin because of Slay. Godwin obviously is a must-start guy. But see, the other guys uh, in the order that I like them, I like Justin Watson actually the best. Um, he is practically an identical uh, workout metrics as Mike Evans. If you go to playerprofiler.com and look at their 40 time and their catch radius and their burst rating and all these things, the graphs look almost the same. Um, Evans is a little bit taller, a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical, but everything else is very similar. And Watson was the second guy last week after, after Evans left. He had just one fewer target than Godwin. So he had eight targets, uh, which everybody's talking about. Well, not everybody. A lot of people talking about Prashad Perryman. Perryman saw eight targets just once this season. That's what Watson saw. And Watson saw a touchdown. So Watson is my favorite guy, um, even if he's not the most popular one, I guess. Prashad Perryman, I think, could be fine, too. He played 83% of snaps last week. He also caught a touchdown. It's going to be a toss-up between those guys. Uh, they might both be okay, or one of them might be completely useless, or they might. There's a lot of a uh, lot of possibilities there. But Watson's my favorite. Also, keep an eye on um, Scotty Miller. He was a rookie. He missed the last two weeks with a hamstring injury, but he's practicing again this week, and that could just make it a little bit more of a muddy situation. So keep an eye on that. Um, Miami, uh, Devontae Parker is obviously a smash play if he clears concussion protocol. Like I said, he's been great this year. And the Giants give up the fourth most fantasy points on average to wide receivers on the season. And that's even after last week playing against Philadelphia, who basically didn't have any wide receivers. They had one at the end of the game. So if Parker clears the concussion protocol, definitely play him. But if he doesn't, you're looking at Alan Hearns or Isaiah Ford. Uh, Alan Hearns has played more snaps than any receiver besides Parker on the Dolphins since week 10, but he's only got one touchdown on the season and he actually didn't practice on Wednesday. He's been nursing some uh, lower leg ankle injuries, I guess, fighting through them. So the guy that's really interesting to me is Isaiah Ford. Um, he saw a career high nine targets, six catches and 92 yards last week. That's, that's pretty good for a guy that has never really seen the field. He could end up being Ryan Fitzpatrick's number one option against the Giants, and we know Fitzpatrick likes to throw a deep. So I think if Parker is out, you can play Isaiah Ford. Didn't think I'd ever say that. <laughs> um, okay, tight ends. Going back to OJ Howard, just when you thought he was dead for the season. Uh, plays Detroit. He's actually gotten more involvement lately, um, independent on his own. He's had 11 targets, 9 catches, 134 yards over the last two games. Uh, and now with Mike Evans out, OJ Howard being the the big athlete that can go up and catch passes and can actually run down the field. He might actually be the guy that kind of replaces Mike Evans more than any of those other receivers I mentioned earlier. So I think Howard is definitely in play. Um, two guys, you got to monitor the other injuries around them, but Ian Thomas is definitely playable again. If Greg Olson is out, um, the Panthers play Seattle. Seattle was almost as bad as Arizona against tight ends lately. And, like I said, Thomas has been great, not even last week. I mean, he was great last week. He was great last year when Olsen was out. So he's definitely playable. And then uh, Tyler Higby, the Rams tight end against Dallas. Um, again, make sure, check, see if Gerald Everett is in or out. If Everett is out, then this is a great play. The Rams are using tight ends this year. Uh, Sean McVay, his first two years, 14.9%. Uh, so almost 15% of the targets went to tight ends. This year, it's almost 23%. That's a significant difference. And Higby's been huge the last two weeks. Uh, 19 targets, 223 yards, 
and a touchdown in the last two games. So, all right, uh, defenses. Try to be quick here. Um, Kansas City. I think Kansas City is a great play against Denver uh, because Drew Locke, yeah, Drew Locke lit up the Texans last week, but there's more tape out on him now. These rookie quarterbacks tend to have hiccups at some point, uh, if even, if they, even if they start off hot. And he's going to be playing in a very tough environment um, at Arrowhead Stadium this week. And there's a good chance the Chiefs get out to a, a big lead there. If they're playing from behind, then Denver's going to have to drop back and pass more. That's more chances for sacks, for picks, for rookie mistakes. And the Chiefs have a pretty good secondary with Prashad Breeland, Teron Matthew, and company. The other one I want to mention is the Lions. Uh, they play against Tampa Bay. They play at home. Winston, Jameis Winston, is a turnover machine. Uh, 23 interceptions and 12 fumbles this year uh, This year so far. And that's with a healthy thumb. Now he's got a fracture in his thumb. He's going to play through it, it sounds like, but he's not going to be able to protect the ball very well. Um, so a, a Jameis Winston that is worse at protecting the ball, it's a good chance for some turnovers there. Um, okay, that is my attacks of the week, the guys, the players, the positions that I am targeting. Let's move on. You avoiding me? Yes, these are the players that I want to avoid this week. Um, starting off at quarterback, Matt Ryan going into San Francisco. So last week was Matt Ryan's first time over 20 fantasy points since week six. It's a long time. Uh, and now he's going to San Francisco, like I said. The Niners give up the ninth fewest fantasy points on average to quarterbacks. That was a lot better the week before because they got uh, bombarded by Drew Brees in the Superdome last week in that shootout. So that skews that number actually a little bit. Um, but that was on the road. At home, the Niners have been fantastic. They're giving up an average of 123.2 passing yards per game through the air. That's nuts. Um, they haven't allowed more than 189 passing yards to any quarterback this season. That 189 yards, that was in overtime to Russell Wilson. So um, Richard Sherman is likely out, so maybe he won't be as bad, but I still don't want to trust Matt Ryan, uh, and I am not playing him this week in any format. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, Josh Allen uh, said to avoid him last week. I'm going to keep avoiding him because I don't think he's going to bounce back after that rough game last week. That was against Baltimore at home. Now he has to go on the road to Pittsburgh, and that safe rushing floor that Josh Allen has always had uh, this season is going away, and it's probably not going to be there this week. I found this kind of fascinating that the Steelers – have only given up 143 yards and just one touchdown on the ground to quarterbacks this season. And that's not the top. I mean, there's teams that have given up less. But um, they've played some good guys. They played they played Lamar Jackson. So let's just say Lamar Jackson, he he um, rushed for 70 yards in that game. You take that away, they're down to 73 yards they've given up on the ground. That's crazy. And that's 70 yards at Lamar Jackson, who has a skill set of a running back, um, that's actually less than his season average of 78 yards per game last week they only gave up two yards to kyler murray so i don't think josh allen is going to save his game on the ground and i don't think he's going to beat them through the air don't don't expect josh allen to bounce back move on if you're still around if you had him last week you're probably not but anyways um sam darnold against baltimore i'm avoiding that at all costs on thursday night the ravens defense has been great it's a short week it's in baltimore no thank you and then I kind of hinted at it before, but don't go chasing the Drew Locke points. Um, he's going into a very tough environment in Kansas City, and just uh, don't do it. Uh, okay, running backs to avoid. 
So I'm going to look specifically here at some running backs that might have gotten you to round two of the playoffs, but that I don't really want to trust. And I'm going to say you got to temper Raheem Mostert. I know there's a lot of uh, buzz about him being the guy in San Francisco now and being a must start. Uh, but really, he reminds me of, or the, the Niners remind me of those uh, New England Patriot backfields of years ago where any of them could go off and you don't know which one it's going to be. Yeah, um, Mostert probably has the best chance and he's the one that I would want to start of the bunch. But uh, Matt Breda only played 18% of snaps last week in his first game back. That amounted to uh, 12 snaps. He touched the ball seven times on those 12 snaps. At six carries for 54 yards, again, Matt Breda style, having a great yard per carry average. Uh, and he had one catch on one target. So if he plays more snaps, he's probably getting the ball more, and that's probably going to take away from Mostert. Um, let's not forget that Jeff Wilson has five touchdowns on the ground this season. Uh, oh, excuse me, five touchdowns total. They weren't all on the ground. I think he caught one. Um, and he's never seen the snap count above 21 in a single game, and that was actually way back. But he's uh, capable of coming in and stealing a touchdown at any moment. Then, let's not forget, this is a Tevin Coleman revenge game. There's that narrative. Uh, but seriously, he could be more involved. Uh, they could get him going again. So Mostert is fine, but I don't think he is this automatic running back one. Uh, it should not be treated that way. You can play him, but maybe you have better options. So just take a look at matchups and see what you got. Uh, Joe Mixon, best game of the season last week. So you may be facing a dilemma this week because he could very much be a reason that a lot of people are in round two. But he has a just awful matchup against the Patriots. They're giving up. Um, they have given up just one rushing touchdown on the season and uh, only allowed one running back to catch a touchdown. So the Bengals are nine and a half point home underdogs. That is not a good situation for a running back to be in. So you probably got to start mixing, but maybe you don't have to. Take a look. Um, I don't like him this week. Le'Veon Bell, he's back from the flu. Don't care. Don't want to start him. Uh, Bilal Powell did actually just fine, but he's out now. Uh, so I don't want to play anybody. I don't want to play anybody on the Jets, period. Not uh, not against Baltimore on this Thursday night matchup. Wide receivers. Uh, going back to this uh, New England and Cincinnati game, Tyler Boyd. I can't. I don't want to play Tyler Boyd anywhere. Um, Patriots defense gives up the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. And one of the big ways they do that is by taking away the number one receiver, with Stephon Gilmore, possibly the best shutdown corner in the game right now. He's probably going to shadow Boyd, and that's going to really shut Boyd down and take away uh, take away his fantasy upside for sure. So I'm going to avoid that. Um, I mentioned just a minute ago that I want to avoid all Jets. That includes Robbie Anderson for all the same reasons. And that's tough because he has been huge in the fan fantasy playoffs the last few seasons. I wrote about this in my Target article. Uh, as well this week. Last year, he averaged, I think it was 10.7 targets per game in the fantasy playoffs. He had, he's had 21 or 22 targets in the last two weeks. But even if they're force-feeding him targets, I think that might just result in picks against Baltimore. Don't want to trust it. Yes, he always has that one play, big play, uh, game-changing potential, save your week. But I don't want to count on that in the playoffs. I'm avoiding him this week if I can. Uh, last one. John Brown, pretty much the same reasoning as Anderson there. I don't think he's going to – he always has the one-play potential, but the P Pittsburgh matchup is just tough. Don't want to trust it. Tight ends. Uh, Kyle Rudolph has been pretty good. 
but it looks like Adam Thielen is finally going to be back probably. So just look at the split here with uh, with Thielen this week or with Thielen this year. Rudolph has averaged 1.8 targets, 1.5 catches, 12 yards, and no touchdowns per game when Thielen plays the entire game. When Thielen doesn't play the entire game, Rudolph is averaging 4.6 targets, 3.7 catches, 34.3 yards, and almost a touchdown, 0.9 touchdowns. But if Thielen's back, matchup against the Chargers, giving up the seventh fewest fantasy points to tight ends, definitely not going to try to roll out Rudolph. And then um, Hooper, Austin Hooper for the Falcons against the 49ers. I get this too because he had been the number one tight end all season until he hurt his knee and missed a few weeks. He got six targets, only caught two of them for 32 yards last week against Carolina. And this is a tough matchup in San Francisco. I mentioned that before talking about quarterbacks. So if you made it this far without him, maybe you've got a better option. Um, keep that in mind. I'd prefer not to, not to play Hooper, even though he was so great earlier in the year. And then defenses. Um, okay, I've been picking on the Chicago Bears all year because they're just they're not the defense they were last year, uh, and they're not going to be good this week either. I don't think they go into Green Bay and just look at how uh, Aaron Rodgers has played against the Bears in Green Bay the last three years. 2016, he had 326 yards, three touchdowns. 2017. 179 yards. Okay, that's good. Oh, four touchdowns. Uh, 2018, 386 yards, three touchdowns. So in the last three seasons, he has just thrashed them at Lambeau. Could be a repeat performance of that again this week. I don't want to start the Bears defense. And I don't want to start the Cowboys defense either. Um, They haven't been very good the last two weeks anyway, so maybe you're not even considering it. The Rams are turning things on lately. Uh, 31 points average uh, over the last two games. And like, like I said, the Cowboys are just imploding. So I'm going to avoid them as much as I can. Whew. Okay. So that pretty much wraps up the week of starts and sits, or as I like to call them, attacks and avoids for the semifinals, fantasy football week 15. Hopefully you're still alive in your playoffs. Hopefully you uh, get to the championship game next week. If you're enjoying this, if you like this show, please, wherever you listen, Please hit that subscribe button and please give me a rating. Give me a review. Give me some feedback. Find me on Twitter at AA Larson. Find the show on Twitter at the process FFP. Let's get some interaction going. We are in the home stretch of the season here trying to get those championships. And if you're out, you know what? Keep listening. Get some, get some DFS cash going. That's always a good thing too. So thank you so much for listening until next week. I'm out. Goodbye. Good luck.